Ike's going to come up and read our scripture. All right, so our scripture today is from uh, Galatians 4, chapters 4 and 5. And the verses are, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to beings that by nature are not gods. Now, however, that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn your back again to the weak and beggarly elemental spirits? How can you, be, how, how can you want to be enslaved to them again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid that my work for you may have been wasted. So then, friends, we are children, not of the slave, but of the free woman. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Amen. Thanks, Ike. Well done. So a few weeks ago, we were talking about what, what, it was like, what I was like in college. I said, if you want to see what I looked like in college, it was like just like me, except everything was just bigger. So, but one thing I didn't tell you is that also my hair was bigger. So I, I thought you needed to know that as well. That's my sophomore year. <laughs> I think that's pretty legitimate. There are many more hair stories for another day. We'll, we'll, I'll share them gladly as we go along. As we journey through Galatians together, we've had a chance to, to look about all kinds of amazing things, about God's kingdom reign coming through Jesus the Messiah, about, about how we are given this justification through faith alone, the way that I'm not perfect, but Jesus is. God's heart for all nations to receive the gospel, the good news of Jesus. The way that, that we are included in God's family. And last week, as Beck preached, the way that we find our truest, our deepest identity in Jesus Christ as children of God by the Spirit. This has been so good. And today, we get to keep going further. Today, we get to ask the question, where do we find the fulfilled life? I read our passage, it was great. In Galatians 4, 8 through 11, Paul starts, starts after this amazing section about us becoming children of God. And now he goes into saying that prior to our knowing God, we were enslaved to these beings that are not gods. Then, in this amazing declaration of grace, Paul says, now you've come to know God. Oh, and then he corrects himself. No, no, no. Actually, you've come to be known by God. See, they didn't find God on their own their own strivings, their own religious efforts, they become known by God as God has actively pursued them and revealed Jesus to them. This is grace. And so he asked them how they could be returning to these, these returning to slavery, these elemental spirits, this old way, as if they were necessary for finding the fulfilled life with God. These elemental spirits have been the source of much debate in biblical studies over the years. And you'll see it by, if you look at a few different translations, you'll see various ways different scholars have tried to get at this. Some have gone the, the elemental, elemental, the basic elements of the world way. So the kind of basic building blocks, you'll see that. Or sometimes more the, the spiritual powers way, you'll see that. The NRSV, our version here today, decided to kind of play it safe and just do both do the spiritual elements. So I have both pieces there. Well, I'm not going to solve that debate today, but I have a good friend who's doing his PhD in Scotland right now on this phrase. And so I asked him, okay, give me, some, give me the down low. After three years of immersing yourself in everything that Paul was thinking about this and all that he was reading, what do you think? And here's what he said. 
He said, Will Forrest, I am really confident, this is how it was, the, el- the basic elements of the world, these elemental spirits, when Paul was writing that, he meant the, the elements that they saw as the basic building blocks of the world. Fire, water, air, and earth. And so when, he, when we think about those, Paul is warning these, the Galatians not to seek fulfillment through these physical and material striving, through what they can see and feel and control. You can chew on that. But regardless of the validity of Ernest, that's my friend, his, his thesis, the point is clear. The Galatians are known by God. They are children and heirs of God. This gives them the fulfilled life. And Paul's saying, don't turn back to striving for things you can control to try to find the fulfilled life. God has given it to you as children of God in Christ by the Spirit. You're not going to get it by what you can grab. So the Galatians are, are seeking this fulfilled life by trying to f- fulfill the Jewish law. Well, we've t- talked about Jesus plus, right? But it's not just the Galatians then. It's us now. We do the same thing. In seemingly spiritual ways, we strive to find the fulfilled life through what we can do and control. We go to chapel. We read our Bibles. We seek justice. These are all good things. But when we let them be primary or co-primary in what gives us fulfillment, something's wrong. They come up short because there's always another chapel service to go to or church service we should attend. The Bible becomes a, a, a weapon we use to fight arguments or weigh ourselves down with more guilt and shame and burdens. Even something as good as seeking justice becomes an end in itself that's an endless quest for meaning. That will most likely result in discouragement as we see that injustice never seems to cease. These religious strivings cannot provide the fulfilled life that we long for and for which we were made. And I've experienced all of these and more. Have you? There's another kind of striving for the fulfilled life to which we turn. Not the religious kind of ways, but the ways that fully reject God's, God's way altogether. As if we could find the fulfilled life on our own, totally separate from God. This type of striving is less obvious in this passage, but we'll see it more in Galatians 5 as we go, when we see the battle between the spirit and the sinful nature. These strivings look at the basic elements of the world and try to construct a fulfilled life through success and money and power and sex in comparison, and any other thing, fill in the blank. Although all of us have sadly and still do seek fulfillment in these ways, one person who has done so on the public stage recently is the superstar Justin Bieber. This poor guy became a superstar as a 12-year-old on YouTube and has had every human-controlled opportunity to grasp at a fulfilled life. Money, sex, power, independence, popularity, fame, everything. He's had it all. And his vain strivings for, for the fulfilled life have been played out in the public stage over the last few years with one mishap after another, right? Once again and again, trying to find that life somewhere. 
Fortunately, the most recent headlines about Justin have been good, actually about his music, which is exciting. And he also, not that you should, not that anyone, you need to see him with his shirt off, but he seems to do that often, and he has a new cross tattoo right here. So, hey, maybe, maybe there's hope for Justin. I know, I know that Jesus loves him too. I'm dead serious. And Jesus wants him to find a fulfilled life free from the strivings that he's been grasping after for, for many years, at least what it seems like from the outside. My hope for him and for us is that we would stop striving for the fulfilled life on our own and find it in Jesus. The great Christian theologian Augustine wrote in his famous book, The City of God, about this human desire for the fulfilled life. He called it the blessed life or the happy life. He spends about 1,200 pages, I'll give, you the, I'll give you the short summary here, describing how the happy life can be fulfilled in no other place but in God. He, he lays out lots of different options. <laughs> he says none of them work. One of the most interesting things about the city of God is the way Augustine allows for a big number of good things as long as they are rightly subordinate to God. So chapel, Bible study, justice, human relationships are all, are all good things. And they find their perfect purpose when they are sought secondarily to seeking God. Even things that seem unspiritual like money, sex, power, those can actually find good ends as they are put in the right place under the lordship of God and seeking him first. The city of God in the end of the book is the place where everyone loves God first and then loves these subordinate goods with rightly subordinate love. They're not terrible. They're just not the most important. And when we put our love to God, the most important, these subordinate loves find their right place in our lives, in our world. So we love justice, but we don't love it more than God. And we love chapel, and we love our Bible, but not more than we love God. And we love people, but not more than we love God. And what we find is, as we love God first, these subordinate goods actually are refined, and our love for them is actually bolstered, because they're in the right place, the way God wants them. Now that is the fulfilled life that God offers us in His grace, as we are known by Him. A life that flows from His love, and is rightly ordered after that. Well, we're going to skip verses 12 through 31 because we just don't have time. I encourage you to read, read them at home or on your own. The one thing I want to point out is in the middle there, uh, Paul quotes Isaiah 54.1 about the way that the, the promise is expanding, not just from, from the people of Israel, but expanding to all the nations. And once again, this theme in Galatians, I wanted to point out that from the beginning, the gospel and what Paul is saying is that it's for all people. This is not for one racial ethnic group, for one people. This is for all people. All people are invited to become the children of the promise through faith. All people. So now we're going to skip down to the end, the last part that I read, 431 and 51, the summary statement and the climax of Paul's argument here in, in this part of Galatians. Galatians 51, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. As a little preview of a couple weeks from now. This freedom here does not mean the ability to choose whatever you want. I'm free. Like Justin Bieber. I'm free. I can do whatever I want. 
No. This freedom is the freedom to live the fulfilled life in communion with God, in obedience to God, and in right relationship with others. That's the true freedom of the Bible. In other words, as we know God, by grace, God provides the fulfillment we're looking for as we live with him and in obedience to him. Don't re return to your former strivings for we, as you seek to find a fulfilled life on our own. That's only slavery. Anytime we try to strive for it, we're going to end up enslaved. Last week I had the privilege of, of giving a, uh, or being a part of the sex talk panel with, that our wonderful HEAT team put on here. It was a great discussion. And one of the topics that came up a few times was pornography. And pornography is one of those, those subtle and incredibly pernicious ways that millions and millions and millions of people are seeking a fulfilled life somehow by looking at these images. An image seen on the screen promises the benefits of a, of a marriage commitment without the cost. But it ends up paying in guilt and shame and an endless desire for the next more graphic image. This is the slavery that comes when we seek fulfillment from other places. It will never provide the fulfillment it promises. But this does not need to be the case any longer. This does not need to be our story any longer. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. This is not ours. I had an experience with a seemingly more, more spiritual way of seeking this type of fulfillment recently. Toward the end of last week, I slowly became more and more burdened with different relational and, and, and tasks on my plate that I couldn't really know what to do with. And I was, I was struggling with, with these burdens. I slowly got more and more weighed down. And so I realized that they were stealing my joy and peace. It was being sucked out of me as I carried these good things on my back, as I took care of them in my control. And finally at church on Sunday morning, I realized what was happening. And I sat down and I wrote down on my little bulletin cover and surrendered these things to Jesus. One by one. This is yours. This is yours. I can't handle this, Jesus. I can't control it. I don't have an answer to this. I'm giving it to you. I can't handle this one. I'm giving it to you. And it wasn't magic. But it was transformative. And slowly... That morning, a burden started to lift. And that afternoon, I went home and I played with my children in freedom and in joy. And without this heavy burden on my shoulders, and it was good. This is the freedom that God offers us in Jesus because he fulfills us and we don't have to seek and control it for ourselves. Whatever your strivings are, whatever your slavery you are experiencing today, Wherever you're seeking the fulfilled life on your own, God is inviting you to freedom in Jesus by his spirit today. Today, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So in college, I went on a mission trip, a uh, few mission trips. It was one of my favorite things I got to do in, through my life. And I, I, we went on a mission trip one year to Arizona, Tucson. And we were building a house with Habitat for Humanity. So our job was to clear out these bunch of rocks and rubble and trash and get into these big dumpsters so the site would be ready to build. The problem was these dumpsters were huge. They're like, they so tall. And we had these big bins full of dirt and rubble that weighed about 200 pounds. And we're thinking, how do we get these things into these, into these dumpsters? 
And so my friend Zach and I, we, we, were, we played football together, and we were always up for a challenge. And so we, we figured out a way we could lift these huge bins and get them up above the dumpster and, and then have two people sitting on the edge, and they, they would let it go over the edge without dropping the, the bin in there and get it back to us. So we did that. We could do this. So all day we were, we were working hard, working hard. And you can't really see it very well, but I got a nice fro there, even longer than the one you saw before. So the fro is getting wet. It's getting, you know, sweaty. There's dust and dirt all in it. We're working hard morning, afternoon, and it's about the end of the day. We get, we're getting uh, one last bin in there. We get it over, and, and just as we get it over, we hear one of our friends uh, say, who's working also, say, hey, around the front end of the dumpster, hey, what does this pin do? She pulls the pin. I remember the noise. It's quietly reminding us as the whole front of the dumpster opened up. And we sat there, and we thought, okay, I think in retrospect, I think we either could have laughed or cried. <laughs> we chose to laugh, and we laughed until we cried. And then we had spent a whole day just manhandling these 200-pound bins of dirt up and rock into this dumpster when we could have been just rolling them in. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little embarrassing. I get it. <laughs> Don't think less of me, please. <laughs> Instead of the endless striving, God invites us to lift the pen of faith. Let it creak open and receive the gift of the fullness of life that God has for us in Jesus. Receive the gift of fulfilled life that he has for us by his spirit, that we wouldn't strive through these good things or through these things that are obviously not good. You guys, come on up. We wouldn't strive for any of those things, but that we would find a fulfillment that only he can give as we receive him and his fulfillment by grace in Jesus. As we sing this last song together, I want you to take some time. You can, I'll give you permission not to sing or sing, but just to take some time to pray. To, to bring to God these things and say, God, I have seeking fulfillment other ways. I'm seeking control, and I need to let you have control in this way. Let's stand and sing together.